0: Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now.
1: Well, hello, 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 and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. I am Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. We're so happy that you have joined our party today. The show is brought to you by. Uh, be the star you are charity and produced by star style productions in today's show we're going to be talking about man's best friend in a segment one and how the how did the wolf actually evolve to become our human companions in um, uh, the second segment you know you we try to get 10,000 steps right At least that's the number of paces that we're told by the medical field that we need to stay healthy. So what would be some simple ways that you could collect more steps every day to stay fit and uh, be in shape but not have to go to a gym or do anything too, you know, too crazy? And that will be our topic. And it is allergy season. So pollen season is starting 20 days earlier and lasting 10 days longer now than it did in 1990. In segment three, we will visit how do you tell the difference between COVID, a cold, an allergy, and what can you do to alleviate the discomfort that you are feeling? So the miracle moment for today brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. You can visit Be The Star You Are at bethestarur.org well, It's from Emily Dickinson. If it wasn't for dogs, some people would never go for a walk. And that's going to lead us into our segment one. But before we do, I just want to again announce that coming up on um, April 29th is the Moraga Fair and the Be the Star You Are booth, which is sponsored by MB Jesse Painting. So uh, please check it out at the website, mbjesse.com. Um, and we are going to be having, Be The Star You Are is also hosting a shoe drive. And we will be uh, doing that beginning in May. At uh, The drop-offs will be at State Farm Insurance, Mark Hoag in Moraga, and 5A space both sponsors. So more information at bethestarur.org. So please check it out because these are really two great outreach programs. And it's going to be benefiting women who are um, creating micro enterprises. And that is, they will get these shoes and they'll be selling them for a few cents, a few dollars, whatever. And um, it gives them money so that it will lift them out of poverty. And that is one of the goals. And then hopefully we can also uh, get people reading more. So again, we always say to be a leader, you must be a reader. Well, now we're going to go to the dogs because so many people are dog owners or dog walkers or dog lovers, and I know that my whole life we've always had dogs. But there's an interesting understanding between dogs and humans, and it is Fascinating how deep it goes and how young it is with children and the animals that they uh, react to. I know that um, when I was a little girl, had a dog, the dog was literally my best friend living out on the farm, my total protector from the time I was a baby. Um, I really remember picking some flowers of my mom's one day where that I was gonna make a bouquet. And she saw me and she came out and yelled at me and my dog (laughs) attacked my mom. It was like that, you know, nobody was going to put their paws on me except for that little dog. And the same thing when I had, um, when my kids were young, well, a lot of people do this. They get, they get together, couples get together. They either decide to live together or get married. And very often they will get a dog uh, for a couple of years before they decide to have kids. I know that we did that in our family. So the dogs um, are your babies, and they're just—they are part of the family. And then you have children, and they come along, and it's like they grow up together. So it's really a very interesting um, situation, and this is what I really wanted to discuss because it seems that. As soon, you know, as a baby comes in, for this is for most dogs, if you have a dog at home and then you get have a baby, um, and as soon as that baby can walk or uh, move or whatever, the baby looks at the dog as almost just another person, but somebody who is very important to him or her. And it's a very interesting fact that a sharp-toothed carnivore that is multiple sizes of the baby would be so connected so it might seem kind of banal to even talk about um, children and their dogs but if you start thinking about it biologically it really is extraordinary because what is it that turned the descendants of a wolf and a great ape into truly best friends Uh, humans have distinctive relationships with other animals. I mean, we we trade off uh, caring for our other animals. You know, for example, we want to ride horses, so we take good care of our horses. Or we want milk, so, you know, we take care of um, our cows. Or you raise chickens so that you have the eggs. Or even, you know, you might have an aviary, or you might have some birds just so you can listen to the song, or even goldfish. But the domestication of animals is actually one of the keys to human success. But dogs are the most ancient example. Wolves evolved to become human companions probably about 30,000 years ago. But how could we develop this... um, special relationship. Well, here's where the research and science and studies come in. There is a new study that I was reading that was performed by Rockner Reddy, who's from Duke University, and Henry Wellman at the University of Michigan, and the colleagues that they work with. And this new study suggests that the special link between people and dogs runs incredibly deep and even toddlers spontaneously treat dogs like people, figuring out exactly what they want, exactly what the dogs want, and then helping the dogs get it. So the researchers cleverly adapted a famous study that was originally done by Dr. Felix Warnikin. And what Dr. Warnikin did, he showed 18-month-old babies, an adult trying, uh, trying to um, get something, like maybe a pencil, something that was out of reach. But the adults couldn't do it. So the toddlers spontaneously went out of their way to try to help. But only when it was made clear that the adult really wanted that pencil or that cookie or whatever it was. So it was cooperation and altruism and what is called, in quotes, theory of mind, which is the ability to understand what other people want, are also distinctively human abilities. And they actually occur in humans at a very early age. But what do they apply only to people or do they apply to animals, too? So here's where um, Dr. Reddy and Dr. Wilman took this, and their colleagues, took this experiment um, even further. What they did is they enlisted the help of three canine experimenters, and they were kid-friendly small dogs. And the researchers showed nearly 102 to 3-year-olds the dogs in an enclosure. And there was a platform that was just out of reach. And on that platform, they put a treat that the dog would, you know, naturally want. And what they watched was the dogs naturally turned to the children and then they would strain towards the treat and then they would gaze back at the kids, um, you know, with those beautiful big puppy eyes. And instantly, when the dogs were doing this, looking at the treat, then looking back at the kids and looking at the treat, the toddlers spontaneously went and got the treat off the platform and gave it to the dogs. Or if they couldn't personally get it, they went and asked a grown-up to go get the treat for them. And I find that, you know, fascinating and also very true because I've experienced it myself. Now... Toddlers who had uh, pet dogs at home helped these dogs that they weren't really familiar with. They helped them out sixty percent of the trials. So <clears throat> sixty out of the hundred kids who had dogs at home helped the you know helped the dogs like automatically. But even and this was what was so interesting out of those hundred kids, even the toddlers. That didn't have pets, they helped the dogs out forty percent of the time. So the children helped more when the dogs were actually engaged with them and were trying to play with them, and were actually you like more enthusiastic about getting the treat. So when the dogs barked or pawed or you know kind of like went up to the platform and then came back to the kid and and you know panted um, and again <laughs> just kept. kept initiating that contact with the kids, The most of the kids went and got the treat. So they really helped the dogs out more, the more engaged they felt with the puppies. Now the researchers turned this into a systematic feature of the next experience. Now what they did is they got two dog toys and they scented one of the dog toys with some kind of really tasty, meaty aroma, but it was not something that the kids could see or smell or, or anything. The, t- the two toys looked alike, except for one, you know, had this aroma that was very enticing to the dogs or maybe even irresistible to the dogs, but invisible to the kids. And then the other one was just plain. Well, of course, the dogs naturally showed intense interest in the toy that had the meat in it or the meaty scent. And as a result, the toddlers were much more likely to hand the dog the toy that had the meat in it than the other one. They actually watched the dog. They followed the dog to see what the dog really wanted. And then they gave it to the dog. So the toddlers were not only trying to help, they were really sensitive to just exactly which toy or what it was that the dogs wanted. So what this study is suggesting is that humans succeeded in domesticating dogs because they spontaneously extended their abilities for cooperation and care to other animals. And it was a two-way street. Dogs became adept at using signals that even very young babies could understand. And, you know, I have to admit, uh, there's just something about kids and puppies. It is an irresistible, adorable combination. And there really is a love that develops between them. And of course, that has played a crucial role in human history. I know that uh, my daughter and her husband. That during the pandemic, they uh, adopted um, two really... Well, they were puppies. They adopted two puppies that turned into really big dogs. They were a combination of Rottweiler and German Shepherd. And then shortly after they adopted the puppies, they found out they were pregnant. <laughs> and so my little granddaughter now is 18 months old and adorable, and she and the dogs are absolutely inseparable. And the dogs, when she was a baby, the one is one dog is a male and one is a female. And the female dog just literally thought that the baby was her puppy. And she watched over her day and night. If she cried, she would be right there. She would bark. She would go get a parent. It was really, really something. And then as um, as the baby grew, you know, and was becoming more aware, both of these huge dogs that they got them, you know, because they're great watchdogs, they're so gentle and docile with her. I mean, she sits on them, she pulls their hair, they snuggle together. And of course, she always makes sure to give them food and uh, she shares everything with them. And so I, I it's as if. She thinks that they are co-parents along with her parents. So this is such an interesting, I think it's a very interesting thing that having developed from wolves and we as humans developing from apes, that we have designed this very intricate relationship that is mutually beneficial. And where would we be without our animal family? And we love our dogs and all our other animals. Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And I will be back, and we are going to see how many steps that we need to take. Don't go away.
0: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 925 star Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. express yourself. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now back to the power party. This business of showbiz.
1: Okay, well, we are back. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are radio show. And you were trying to always squeeze in more steps every day. All the research and uh, all the medical advice indicates that, the, you know, the more we walk, the healthier we're going to be. So it comes with just loads of benefits. And I mean walking comes with loads of benefits. And it's probably... The most basic and fundamental thing, and that almost everybody has the ability to do, it lowers our risk for so many major diseases. It helps control our weight, it controls our blood pressure, our cholesterol, our blood sugar, and Walking even curbs some of the cravings and urgings that we have for certain foods. And the, the probably one of the better things is it is gentle on the joints. And then there's not a learning curve. I mean, basically, if you learn to, work, to walk when you were a baby and you haven't had any injuries that have prevented you from walking, everybody can do their walk. So it's not like we have to get any equipment other than the shoes that you're going to wear. And um, you don't have to relearn anything. So we can walk and we can do it safely. And all we have to do to get as many steps as possible is to maybe just tweak our lifestyle just a little bit. And especially for people who aren't very active, even just a small dose of getting some steps in every day, a few thousand is going to give us a great response. So uh, we are going to just uh, identify some easy ways that do not require you going to a gym or joining any class or anything that you can just do on your own to get you know, the steps that you, uh, you need and that you want. And although it does... Um, The research always says we're looking for 10,000 steps. So much, um, many doctors and other research, when it says how many steps do you really need, probably if you can get to six or 7,000, you're going to, you know, be stabilized. You're going to be okay. So we can shoot for the moon, shoot for the 10,000 or more, but just know doing anything is better than doing nothing. So, Here is one of the first things you can do is, you know, do you, I mean, I don't know, I don't do this, but evidently a lot of people do. If you're in the same house or the same room or the same building with somebody, um, when you want to talk to them, let's say somebody's upstairs or they're down the hall in in another office, do you send them a text? A, A lot of people do. Or do you yell Or or why don't you just get up, walk, and go talk to them face to face? Um, That you know face to face is always good if it's possible, and especially if you're in your own house. Instead of texting or emailing or calling, just get up and talk to the person in an in-person visit that's in the room or down the hall or up the stairs, and. By doing that, you're looking for every opportunity to move, and that is going to collect you more steps. Another thing, we were just talking about the benefits of a dog, Uh, all the research indicates that dog owners are four times as likely as people without dogs to meet all of the federal exercise recommendations And they usually tend to get over 3,000 more steps in per day. So if you have a dog, bravo. I know you're taking that dog for walks and you're probably feeling healthy because you want your dog to be healthy. So you are walking your dog. But if you don't have a dog, maybe you can borrow a dog or walk with somebody who has a dog. Uh, You could volunteer to walk dogs at an animal shelter. And that'll get you up close and personal to all these sweet animals that are out there. You'd be helping yourself as much as you're helping a little animal. And um, they love to walk and they deserve to walk just as much as we do. So I think that is a, a good way. Uh, and if you don't want to uh, walk your dog, even maybe pretend that you have a dog. Maybe you can have a, um, an imaginary dog that you walk. I don't know, that might be a little over the top, but heck, why not? Um, The next thing is, if you're at home, and I suppose you could even do this at your office too, is just design an indoor circuit to rack up the steps without even leaving your home or your office. You just want to try new perspectives. For example, if you have stairs in your home, commit to climbing the stairs a certain number of times each day. Because stair climbing is terrific for building endurance, uh, giving you more power and strength. And so some people might have just a couple stairs. Others might have 15 to 20 stairs. But just think about that. If you're going up and down the stairs, you're building a lot more than just even walking on flat ground. So the other indoor activities, you could run in place. Or if you have a treadmill, of course, you could go on the treadmill You could do some shadow boxing or the easiest turn on your music and start dancing because almost everybody loves to dance, although some people don't want anybody to see them dance. So, you know, what is that saying? Dance as if nobody's watching. (laughs) So just dance to your heart's content and you'll get your steps. And that is kind of a fun way. And it'll get your heart rate up as well. Or you can just, you know, make kind of a circuit around your office depending on how your office is laid out. If you're in a multi-story building, you could go up and down the stairs and go walk into the different offices. If it's just a single um, office, you know, or maybe you just walk around your desk. Um, That's just one thing. Or you can always go outside and walk around your block. Um, That's an easy, easy Way And maybe just do it a couple times. Who knows, you might meet a new neighbor or meet somebody interesting or at least experience something. And if you have the opportunity to walk in a park or in nature where you can breathe in that great fresh air and, you know, inhale the springtime, um, listen to the birds and people watch as you're walking. So that's a, another good and very easy way that costs you nothing and is available to you. Some other things is have mobile meetings. If you have a meeting that you where you've got to be on the phone, perhaps just put on a headset and move the whole time. Or if you have an in-person meeting, instead of meeting in somebody's office, ask if they'd be willing to walk indoors or outdoors um, while, you know, while you're having your meeting. I know so many people that, um, that colleagues of mine that actually have walking meetings and they turn out to be really beneficial. Obviously, if it's a meeting where you have to take notes or be on your computer, this isn't going to work. But If you're really trying to connect with something or brainstorm, having a walking meeting, again, especially outdoors in a green area or park or nature somewhere under trees would be really um, beneficial. Um, It is disrupting when you're walking and having a meeting, you're actually disrupting that sedentary behavior. And that is really good for you. And um, everybody can do it. But you would want to notify anybody you're going to have that meeting with in advance that you're going to have a a meeting in motion so they could dress accordingly. And you'll want to choose a flat path, you know, again, ideally in a quiet area. And I, I really the best idea is in a park. But make sure you do it in advance so that if they can bring their walking shoes or you know, wear appropriate clothing so they're not sweating in uh, a business suit and having uncomfortable shoes on or a woman, you know, in a pencil skirt and high heels. I would not want to be doing a walking meeting like that. Um, Something else that probably works really well in today's, you know, social media atmosphere is you could create some kind of Competition with your colleagues, your friends, your family members, and uh, make like a walking challenge, and set it up for maybe eight, you know, eight to twelve weeks, and then set a weekly or monthly step goal. And um, there might even be some intermittent uh, prizes. So, I mean, if you're just doing it with friends and family members or colleagues that you're going to see, I mean, you could create prizes that if when you meet certain milestones, you know, maybe you'll meet somewhere and have a coffee or maybe you meet somewhere and have a glass of wine or, you know, maybe you get a treat of some kind or you go and do something else. You might end up visiting a museum and walking around. But at the end, if you make a competition, whoever gets the most cards... Maybe um, you can celebrate by giving the person who has the most uh, steps. Maybe you give them a, a gift card, or you know, let's or you go out to dinner or something like that. It's just a friendly way to get something positive out of competition and still be really supportive. And another thing you could do with social media is you could also set up a competition. Um, on your social media platform or platforms, and invite people to um, do a walkathon with you. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have a prize, um, but you could if you wanted to. I mean, it's it is going to be saving your health. It'll be saving the health of the your friends, your colleagues, your social media people who are your subscribers or who are your friends on social media, and it will be fun. So the bottom line in all of this is you just want to walk more. Now make sure when you're walking that you are hydrating. I always like to have a bottle of water with me, so I actually got a little sling because I don't want to have anything in my hands um, so that my hands are free to move, which gives you just more exercise. I got a little sling that I can put my water bottle in. Uh, Some people hook it onto a belt or they'll have a backpack or whatever. But whatever works for you. But just make sure that you hydrate because especially when the the weather gets warmer, dehydration can become an issue. But bottom line, just get as many steps in and you won't have to worry about, you know, (laughs) gym dues or any of that and then augment this walking exercise with you know a little bit of lifting weights or gardening vacuuming there are so many just normal activities that we do every single day that can bring us more um more exercise use up calories and also strengthen our body i mean i think like right now um going up with it's with rain and everything just lifting buckets of water to feed my animals, those are like weights. You know, one of the five-gallon bucket uh, of water is like 20 gallons of water. I mean, not 20 gallons, 20 pounds of water. So a five-gallon is about 20 pounds. And that's, you know, that's fairly, uh, fairly hefty. So you have two of those, you're lifting those up, and you can get a little exercise in there. So that is about walking. But before I take a break, I was reading an article that I thought, you know, I just wanted to bring this to you because how income and saving gaps um, for men and women are just really, really um, different. But there was a recent survey that found that 25% of women ages 50 to 64 are not confident that they will have enough money to live comfortably throughout their retirement years. And when you dig deeper, the reason that fewer women are in the workforce than men, there is a major reason, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics information, it shows that 58%, 58% of women were working in January Which was nearly 12% less than men. So the gap exists in part because women have to take more time out for uh, childcare, and sometimes it's for elder care as well. So they are the caregivers for parents, or aunts, or uncles, or someone else that they care about. And the trend was really accelerated during the pandemic when about 2 million women left jobs and many of them left to care for their children because the schools were shut down. Now, fewer women working contributes to a really big disparity in pay and wealth because women on average are earning 83 cents for every dollar that's earned by a man. And if you calculate that over a 40-year career, Women stand to lose $400,000 because of that wage gap. And then if you add women of color, they are particularly vulnerable. Latina, black, and Native American women will average $1 million less than white men over their careers, despite doing similar work. So when it comes to age discrimination in the workplace, gender is still a major factor, And some 63% of women who are age 50 and over say that they have felt or they do still feel discriminated against regularly. And 60% of women 18 years old and over report experiencing workplace discrimination that has really hurt their earning potential. So we can see that a lifetime of lesser pay it would result in a smaller social security check. And then women retire with a staggering 30% less savings than men. And when you add it all up, it shows what a huge gender disparity there will be or and there is in retirement security. So we have to start thinking about that. And um, we need to support measures that are going to ensure a secure retirement for millions of women. Because for so many women, uh, retirement and security remains an absolutely unattainable goal. And everybody's going to get older. That's the way it is. So we have to work hard to build on the progress that women have made and how they can continue contributing to the workforce. But yet, Start getting paid more And let's just hope That we will be able to do that Well, you're listening to Cynthia Bryan This is Star Style Be The Star You Are We're coming back with a business fight And then we'll be on To talking about allergy season And I hope that you're not suffering Don't go away We'll be back in a bit
0: Change your world Change your life VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: Happiness is a choice. By creating more joy and happiness in your life, you will be a better employee or a better employer. Joyful people are optimistic and energetic. And to help yourself on the journey to more fun in the workplace, you can write a to-do list every day. And at the top, write as your number one goal, enjoy myself (laughs) recharge your batteries with enough sleep a good healthy diet and social interactions as well as exercise share positive feelings and accomplishments with your peers respect yourself and others and see humor in mistakes and imperfections allow yourself to be playful and identify the activities that make you really feel happy because when you are joyful Your enthusiasm will be contagious in the company or in your home, and it also will allow your bottom line to have a few more dollar signs. It takes more muscles to frown than to smile, so let's smile more and even laugh louder. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit... CynthiaBryan.com. That's Brian with an I. Be the star you are. The star you are.
0: The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. Be the star you .org. Dare to care. You are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryant. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called.
1: Well, it's never a party if you've got allergies and you are sneezing or sniffling or your eyes are running or you just feel miserable. So, we are going to see if we can fight back because supposedly this is going to be the worst allergy season ever. And if you get allergies, you know, you get itchy eyes or you just feel yucky, um, you, you're going to swear that your allergies haven't ever been this bad because this year you will be right. It's been, um, let's see, 20 days earlier, the pollen season this year, is starting 20 days earlier, it's lasting 10 days longer, and it's bringing 21% more pollen than it did back in 1990. And that is according to a 2021 study by Allergy and Clinical Immunology Unit. And doctors who work as um, allergists are saying that even though many of them have been doctors in that field for decades, it seems that every year gets worse. So every year is worse than the year before. Now there could be a lot of reasons. We can blame climate change, which is taking allergenies to a whole new level. Or on top of that, our bodies naturally boosts its responses to the same allergens every year. And that could make the symptoms worse. It's called allergy creep. Um, That can happen over time, meaning that different allergens set you off. You can to prevent it, you can, I guess, shut your windows. If you shower off the pollen and change your clothes as soon as you come, you know, come in from outdoors, and if you wear a mask when you go out, you'll be a little bit protected. But those are just defensive maneuvers. But you can go on the offensive. And I'm going to give you some of the moves that the allergist experts are indicating that we probably need to take this year. First of all, we have to find out if what we're dealing with is an allergy or it is a symptom of a viral illness like the flu or a cold or COVID. Now, a cough coming from your chest is most likely either a cold or COVID, whereas a tickle in your throat could be allergies. But the only real way that you're going to know what you're dealing with Um, on your own without seeing an allergist is first just test for COVID. The second thing is having to beat pollen to the punch because allergies are easier to prevent than to treat once they really started flaring. So after uh, the reaction starts, what happens is more cells come to the scene of the fight for (laughs) the scene of what's happening because they want to fight the invader. And then your symptoms get worse. So if you are prone to allergies, it is best to begin taking your allergy medications perhaps two weeks before allergy season or immediately. So basically, you want to start taking your meds now if you are prone to allergies. So you want to start dosing yourself up and... Um, making sure that you're continuing you know, read the instructions because that will prevent you from getting the sniffles and just feeling miserable. The other thing is um, before you go and use a lot of other things, you might want to use a nasal steroid spray first. A tax force of top allergy doctors found that just over-the-counter Steroid sprays are probably the best starter med to try. Um, I've never tried any of these, but they recommend um, Flonase, Nasacort, and Rhinocort. They say that these attack allergies um, at their core. And so maybe that is a good thing because when your body becomes allergic to pollen, it misidentifies it as a pathogen and the same happens with dander and dust mites and whatever else that you might be allergic to. To fight back, your body will rally chemicals including histamine and um, they will attack their immune system cells. So these end up causing inflammation in your nasal passages and your nasal sprays are going to help to counteract that. But it will take a few days for any sprays to work, and whichever one is the most effective for you is the one that you want to use. So you don't need to, um, you don't have to get them all, you know, just try one and see if it works. Then the next step is to consider an antihistamine. If you need relief right now before a nasal spray has taken effect, you can layer on an oral non-sedating antihistamine pill like Claritin or Allegra or Zyrtec or Xyzol a Zy- a Or you can try an antihistamine nasal spray like Estepro. Now, Benadryl is an antihistamine, but it's going to make you sleepy. So If you're going to take a Benadryl, that should probably be taken at nighttime before you're going to go to bed. Antihistamines target only one chemical, histamine, in an allergic reaction, which is why docs see them as a second-tier approach. So there's no magic formula for how long to be on both. Just try weaning off after a week, and if symptoms flare up again, you might benefit from being on both meds full-time. And there's nothing wrong with that, according to the doctors, but... Don't listen to me. Talk to your doctor. Now, Allegra tends to be the least sedating, uh, according to some patients, where Zyrtec um, and Claritin seem to be less effective. Now, these are anecdotal. So some people find that one works for them for a while, and then it just seems to lose a little bit of the efficacy, and then they have to switch to something else. So again, it's really um, up to you to figure out what you want. And if none of these simple things work, then it's time to head to an allergist. If you see an allergist, what you're going to find out exactly what you are allergic to. And if appropriate, you might be able to opt for allergy shots, the only treatment that offers long-term allergy relief. And over time, the weekly shots, which can eventually be reduced to monthly, they will help you build a tolerance to what makes you sneeze. Now, one thing, it can take up to five years to see the full benefits. So, wow, that's a lot of patients, and that's probably a lot of shots. And if you're allergic only to grass, dust mites, or ragweed, you might be eligible for something called sublingual immunotherapy. And this still takes three to five years, but all you have to do is dissolve a tablet under your tongue at home, which just seems so much easier Now, here's just a few tips on how not to treat seasonal allergies because we don't want you to get mixed up in something that's going to do more harm than good. So, decongestants. If you take a basic decongestant for a seasonal allergy, you might feel better initially, but it isn't actually managing the underlying cause of your issues. And then it can also have side effects like raising your blood pressure. Because decongestant nasal sprays, they contain a chemical like Afrin or Mucinex. They aren't a good long-term strategy. They can trigger rebound congestion. And when the med wears off, the symptoms may come back worse and, and even stronger. And then it forces a cycle of having to use more and more. So if you use medicated nose drops, you always want to stop after three days. Now, redness and relief of eye drops. Stay away from redness relief products containing the heterohydrozoline, such as visine, because these shrink blood vessels in your eyes and can even damage the tissue if you use them too often. If nasal sprays or antihistamine don't take care of red, itchy eyes, or if red, itchy eyes are your only symptom, you can try an antihistamine eye drop. So uh, these block the release of histamine in your soul, in your cells of the, your eyes, and they'll reduce irritation. And, of course, you should probably see an ophthalmologist about this. Now, just one last thing about Benadryl. It was considered a first-generation antihistamine. Benadryl is known to cause drowsiness and its ability to relieve allergy symptoms wears off after a few hours. So you don't want to get into a cycle of taking Benadryl. So you could use it just, you know, if, you, if it's necessary, but the, don't use it too much. So that is our program for today. Thank you so much for listening to Star Style Be The Star You Are. You have been listening live on the Voice America Network. And you can find us wherever you listen to your radio shows, your music, or your podcasts. For more information about Star Style Productions or to purchase any of the books I've written, visit CynthiaBryan.com. If you're interested in finding out more about Be The Star You Are charity... What we're doing and our outreach projects, please visit org, And volunteers who are writing lots of book reviews, view those are available at btys Just the letters of the charity, Be The Star You Are. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, but celebrate every moment of your life because it's the only one that we have. And I do hope that you will do some reading this week because, again, our motto is to be a leader, you must be a reader. And until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self and make it a great week. Thank you so much from Star Style and be the star you are.